hour. Well, I thought you guys would be more excited than that. We're going to talk about being full of power. We're going to be mainly in the uh, New Testament this morning. We want to start with the reading of the 23rd Psalm like we always do. If you would direct your attention to the screen, read from the New King James, the Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, right now in the name of Jesus, as we enjoin one another in spirit and in truth, we just ask, Lord, that your spirit would reign among us today because we've joined together today to bring you worship, to bring you praise, to bring you glory. Father, I thank you for this message that you've laid on my heart to bring forth to your people. And Father, I pray now in the name of Jesus that you would touch my lips with refining coal. Give me only your words to speak and allow me not to speak any words of my own. Touch the ears and the hearts of your children in this house today. Let them be receptive, Lord, not to my voice, but to yours. Father, today, be among us. Let your power reign in this house. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for all that you do. To God be the glory. And all God's children said, Amen. As I prepared for this uh, message this past week, an old song came to mind. And if you know it, I'll say, sing it with me. It goes, Holy Spirit, thou art welcome in this place. Holy Spirit, thou art welcome in this place. Omnipotent Father of mercy and grace, thou art welcome in this place. Do we mean it? Yes, Holy Spirit, thou art welcome in this place. That's the point of what we're going to talk about today. We want to look at what it means for us to be full of power. For so many Christians, we look at the Godhead knowing that he's three in one, but we focus on two. We get so hung up on God the Father and God the Son and then somebody says, Holy Spirit, and you go, who? You said, who? You know, it, it, it seems to startle some people. And um, I guess I, what I want to say is we don't want to be those folks that are startled. We want to be those folks, those Christians who walk in the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen? 
So we're talking about being full of power. The first thing that we need to have power is faith. Marin, if you just want to turn this microphone on, I'll just try to stand still. <laughs> the first thing that we need to have power is faith. Why? Because if we don't have faith, then we can't receive what the Holy Spirit has for us. But when we say, you know what? God, I'm placing all of my trust in you. And I'm actually going to walk in the faith that you've called me to walk in. Well, things change at that point, don't they? Things change. So, let's start this morning in Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11, beginning in verse 9, I'll read through 13. It says this, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if, you ask your, son, if your son asks for a fish would give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, would you give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Mm-hmm. So, in Luke chapter 11, we have a promise of infilling. But there's a requirement to it, right? Let's read verse 13, back half of it again. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Ask and it shall be given unto you. We are weak as human beings, right? We need the power of God in our lives. We need the Holy Ghost. We need the power. When we're without the power, mm, that's a bad place to be. Then we're weak. So this is our, this is our promise of infilling. I, I did a little bit of word searching on this word if you then are evil i thought well what does that look like because we have so many different definitions of evil right and take it back to the original language it actually does mean bad if you then are bad if you're full of annoyances if you're full of labors <laughs> if you're bad you're bad, and yet you know how to give good gifts to your children. Oh, but our, our Father, He is good. He's good. How much more will He give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? It is faith that unlocks the door to the power of the Holy Spirit. Turn with me now to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, we're going to begin in verse 8. It says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and all Judea, and Samaria, and Ravenna, and all of Portage County, and all of Ohio. 
and unto the ends of the earth. You will receive power. Notice the assurance. This verse is our assurance verse. Will, not might. He didn't say, oh, you're probably going to receive a little bit of strength when the Holy Spirit comes on you. He didn't say, eh, you might look a little bit stronger when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Maybe, if I feel like it. No, he said you will receive power when the Holy Ghost comes on you. Come on. Gives us an assurance. Stay in the book of Acts and go to chapter 19. Chapter 19, we're going to read verses um, 1 through 6. All is in Ephesus. It says, while Apollos was at Cor Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples. What are we? Disciples. And asked them this question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? I love their answer. No. We have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked them, then what baptism did you receive? They said, John's baptism. And Paul says, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. And on hearing this, on hearing this, come on, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. What this message is not about, I am not going to tell you today that you have to speak in tongues. Let me make that clear. Like Paul says, I would that you all spoke in tongues. But I'd rather you prophesy so that you edify, right? I want you to be empowered. Like Paul says, I would that you all spoke in tongues. But the point of this message is I want you to be empowered to know that you're walking in the power of the Holy Ghost day in and day out, waking or sleeping, living in the power of God. You're strong because God is strong. So this is an example to us. This passage of scripture so shows us question, shows us reasoning, action, and result. It is the perfect example of how to go about witnessing. Question. And after they answer, no, reason a little bit. After the reasoning and you come into agreement, put it into action. And once you've put it into action, boom, results. Amen. So, maybe at this point, are you starting to get a little bit excited? A little bit? Hmm. Holy Ghost power. I think that's for me. Maybe? So, so you tell yourself now, yes, I want to live in this power. 
right? That's why I put it real big and bold right there on the insert. Yes, with exclamation points. I want to live in this kind of power. Let's go to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5 verse 25 teaches us to live it and teaches us to walk it out. Okay, I guess I'll read it from the screen because I like the verbiage in the uh, New American Standard Bible. It says this, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. The NIV says, let us keep in step with the Spirit. But I like, the, I like the terminology, let us also walk by the Spirit, maybe just a little bit better. Why? Because keeping in step with a holy God, oh, is hard. I am a fallen man, saved by the work of my God. I can't keep in step. I fall behind. I don't know about y'all, but I fall behind. So I prefer this verbiage. I want to live by the Spirit because I want to live in power. How about y'all? Yes. So if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Now again, I went and did a little bit of word searching. What's this mean? This this original word that was translated keep in step or walk to follow to disciple I like the one uh, translated definition to march as a soldier I remember being a little boy raised in the assemblies of God and when we would sing onward Christian soldiers we would march around the sanctuary and I thought that was the best thing. Oh, man, I remember my little legs. I just, onward, Christian soldiers. You know, it was, it was great. It was empowering to that little boy. And, you know, some people would just kind of, but others would really march. We're good. Woohoo! I can move. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so, what's it look like? What's it look like to march as a soldier, to, to follow him? It doesn't look like keeping in step. It looks like following. And some days, I'll, I'll be the first one to admit, some days it looks like Jesus grabbing me by the lapel and saying, come on, kid, we're going. So okay. Why? Because he wants me to have power. And he says, get up. If you're laying around on the ground feeling sorry for yourself, you're not walking in my power. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians. I'm going to read this one from the screen also. I went NASB on this one too. We're going to look at the nine manifestations of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 11. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit. Why? For the common good. That gives us a reason of why God wants us walking in his power. He wants me walking in his power for the good of each one of you. 
He wants you walking in his power for the good of each one of you. For the common good, he gave us these things. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, and to another effecting of miracles, and to another prophecy, and to another distinguishing of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually, very important, just as he wills. And this is why I don't run around saying, if you're a Christian, you need to speak in tongues. I speak in tongues, and I will be very open with you about that, because I know that my God has given me that gift. But I'm not going to run around this church and say, oh, well, if you're not speaking in tongues, you're not actually saved. If you're not speaking in tongues, you're not actually filled with the Holy Ghost. Because if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you got one of these nine. It could be all of these nine. It could be seven of the nine. Could be one. It could be any number. But this is the evidence of the infilling. Now, as Christians, we have the Holy Spirit. At salvation, he indwells us. But at some point, for that power to really take hold, he has to infill us. And there's a little bit of a difference there. But it's very important for us to look at these nine manifestations and understand them. And know that these are things of God. It's also important to know that what is true and of God, there is also sometimes a counterfeit. That's very unfortunate. But that's why it's very important for us to keep our spirits in check, be discerning. Right? First John teaches us to test the spirits. Don't believe every word that you hear because many false prophets have gone out among us. Be discerning. But these are the manifestations. Now, give you a quick Hebrew lesson here. I know that this is New Testament, but we're going to go back to Hebrew. I told Bob a few weeks ago, I'm a Hebrew geek. Even if I'm in the New Testament, I'm going back to Hebrew. Okay? Why? Because I like the way that these words are defined. Naba. Hebrew word meaning to spring forth, to bubble up. It's used to indicate true prophecy. If, if you're working in the gift of prophecy or under the spirit of prophecy, it just springs forth. It just comes out. There's no premeditation. It just flows. Naba. Zud. I know it's spelled Zid, but it's pronounced Zud meaning to seethe, to boil up. It's used to indicate false prophecy, the counterfeit. Now, when you think about a boiling pot, 
it, it starts small, right? First you see those little tiny bubbles. And if you leave the heat on high, what happens? Man, it really starts rumbling. And then it starts steaming. If you have a lid on the pot, maybe the lid starts to chatter. Mm-hmm. It boils up. It gets a little bit mad. Oh, and boiling is hot. Bubbling, well, get a bubble gun. Blow bubbles. Are they hot? No. They won't burn you. They'll just blow out. They float. They're happy. And they give you a little bit of joy, right? Very important. These gifts have to bubble up. They can't boil up within you. Because if they boil up within you and they're hot, that means you're angry. There's an angry spirit working in you. Okay, uh, if you can click back one slide, um, go back. Yes, thank you. Looking at these nine manifestations, they're categorized three ways. Speaking manifestations, tongues, interpretation, and prophecy. Those are the three speaking manifestations. Power manifestations. I love this. Faith. <laughs> That's number one. Faith. Faith, healing, and miracles. Those are the power manifestations. Do you want the power? I do. Remember that first line on your handout? The, the, first, the first thing we need to have power is faith. The power gifts, faith, healing, and miracles. Finally, the revelation manifestations, discernment, word of wisdom, word of knowledge. I don't know if you've ever been in the situation where you give somebody a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom. It's a unique situation. It bubbles up. You know that you know that you know if you know what I mean. It bubbles up. It, it doesn't start here. It starts here. And, and you're minding your own business. And God locks your eyes on somebody and says, go tell them. And you're like, oh, are you sure? I hardly know them. He says, go. And so you go and you're like, <clears throat> so <laughs> God gave me a word for you. Um, anyways here's what it is does that make any sense and they probably start bawling because it hits the nail on the head because you were obedient you ministered to their spirit through the power of the Holy Ghost we can't forget that piece of the triangle he's there for a reason and some people some people yes I can't make this up I have had Christians say he wasn't there in the Old Testament Well, when I read the Old Testament, one of the first things that I read was the Spirit of God hovered upon the water. And to my knowledge, Jesus is the Son of God, and God is God the Father, and the Spirit of God, well, 
He must not be in the Old Testament. Just in Genesis, right? <laughs> Just in Genesis. No, all over the place. You read through, and, and we, we come across these words. We get mixed up in our heads because of, unfortunately, poor translation. The term, the angel of God. We think that it's just an angel, right? But when we read the words, the angel of God, it means the Holy Spirit. Come down, talking to us right here. So this is what living in the power looks like. We know that he indwells us. We're saved. But when we ask, right, and say, Father, I want your Holy Spirit. I testify to you to make, the, to make things come home a little bit. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, evidence of speaking in tongues when I was nine years old. I was a kid. Yes, maybe you could attribute it to childlike faith. But here's what my mother would tell you. I was raised in a church where I heard it. I was exposed to it. I was comfortable with it because I grew up around it. And the more I heard it, the more I desired it. The more I heard prophecy, the more I desired to act in prophecy. The more I saw healing, the more I desired to lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. But speaking in tongues, man, that one got my attention at nine years old. I'd been saved for about a year. And one night I came to my mom and I said, Mom, she said, yeah. I said, um, I want to speak in tongues. And she said, okay. She said, you can. But, you know, you have to ask God. God has to give you that gift. And I said, yeah, I know. And she said, so what are you going to do about Eric? And I told her, I said, I'm going to pray seven times to be, to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm going to pray seven times. And she said, okay. And um, after you pray seven times, if you're not speaking in tongues, what are you going to do? I said, I'll pray seven more times. And she said, okay. And so I prayed for seven nights. Oh, I remember those prayers. Sitting there, a little boy, saying, God, I want this. I want to speak in tongues. And nothing happened. And night two came. And I sat on my bed, and I said, God, I want to speak in tongues, and nothing happened. Seven nights in a row, nothing happened. So I began the cycle over again for seven more nights, and nothing happened. And I thought, I don't get it. Here I am, nine years old. I'm like, God, do you hear me? Well, then Sunday evening rolled around. And here we go to church, and we always have you know, a big prayer meeting at the beginning of the service. And uh, pastor says, you know what, tonight we're just going to open the altar. If you need prayer, if you have an, a special need, just come forward. And my mom grabbed me by the hand. 
<laughs> Ma, what you doing? And she told the church on me. She said, Eric wants to speak in tongues. And he's prayed for 14 nights and hasn't received. I want you all to come and get. I was mortified. <laughs> Mom! Well, do you know that whole church gathered around me? I had so many hands laid on me. People speaking in tongues so loud you couldn't hear yourself think. And they didn't stop until I started. Let me say that again. They didn't stop until I started. That's the power of God right there, working in that little boy's life. And here I am 20 years later. I am so thankful for that night. I am so thankful that my mom ratted me out to that church. I am so thankful for every one of those people that gathered around threw their hands on me and started speaking in tongues because let me tell you what, the power of the Holy Ghost in my life has been wonderful. I've loved living in the overflow of the Spirit for the last 20 years. Revelation 19.10 gives us this indication, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The spirit of prophecy. Not the gift of prophecy, but the spirit of prophecy. When Jesus is among us, when the Holy Ghost is working in us, we'll start to naba. We'll start to bubble up. And sometimes we'll find that we'll begin to prophesy over one another the testimony of Jesus and that looks a little different in every given situation turn with me to Acts chapter 4 we all know what happened in Acts chapter 2 right when the day of Pentecost had fully come they were all gathered together in one accord gathered up in the upper room to pray and as they prayed, there came a sound, right? A quiet sound. Well, it wasn't much. No, a mighty and rushing wind. A violent sound. It was loud. And when that mighty and rushing wind blew through the house, there appeared to each one of them a split tongue like as of fire, and it rested upon them. And what happened? They spoke in tongues. They started speaking with new tongues, and the people that were gathered around, they thought they were drunk. Until somebody said, wait a minute, these are all Galileans. Why do I hear my language? Well, in my, in my life experience, drunks don't speak their own language well. Right? I'm just saying. How can they speak another person's language? Clearly. And testify of God. Whoo, hallelujah. Acts chapter 4. Now, this gives us something interesting to look at. Beginning in verse 29. It says, now they're, they're praying. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and to speak and to perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after they prayed, 
The place where they were meeting was shaken. Hmm, We saw this before. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Now, two chapters ago, they were just filled with the Spirit, right? But now, two chapters later, they're filled with the Spirit again. It's a refill. You ever go to the restaurant and you drink all your, all your water, all your Sprite, all your Pepsi, whatever you got, and you're eating mm, salty French fries and you're getting really thirsty and the waitress is totally ignoring you and you're like, please come refill me. I'm thirsty, I'm dying. That's how we should be for the power of the Holy Ghost. This world... Ooh, it dries us out. So this scripture gives us an example of being filled anew, being refilled. Thirsty? Have a drink. Question is, how do I know when it's time to be refilled? Okay. If you're in this room this morning and you're saved, I think I've made it fairly clear that the Holy Spirit indwells you. If you've asked the Holy Spirit to infill you, be confident that he has. Even if you haven't directly seen one of the nine manifestations, the key word here is yet, walk in obedience. Walk in obedience. It's hard. It's hard It's hard to walk in obedience. Why? Because God calls us outside of our comfort zone. Okay, but how do I know when it's time? Well, folks, I can tell you I'm not running on the same dose of the Holy Ghost that I got 20 years ago. That one ran dry a long time ago. In fact, this morning, I'll tell you I'm not running on the same dose of the Holy Ghost that I got yesterday. <laughs> that ran dry late last night. When I got up this morning, I said, Lord, I need your Holy Ghost to get through this church service today. And tomorrow morning, I'm going to say, Lord, I need your Holy Ghost to get through this day. And Tuesday morning, I'm going to say, Lord, I need your Holy Ghost to get me through Tuesday. Then you got Wednesday, hardest day of the week, hit the wall, right? I might ask for it twice on Wednesday. Varies from person to person, if we're being honest. For me, it's probably daily. For you, it might be weekly. For some of you, maybe it's monthly. Maybe. That's, a, that's between you and God. But you got to have the refill hourly, some days. <laughs> Lord, send it. Pour it out. How do I know when it's time? Turn with me to the Gospel of John. Going to chapter 7, I'm going to read you verses 38 and 39. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said. (laughs) Hallelujah. Rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. 
<laughs> Praise God. Do you want rivers of living water to flow out of your belly? I do. You know, when, I love the word belly. Let me, let me talk to you about this for a second. When I think about the word belly, it always makes me think about belly laughing. There's no better laugh than a belly laugh. You know the kind of laugh that makes you hurt right here? You got tears rolling down your face. You're bright red. You can't breathe. If you're driving, you better pull over. Right? That, that ooh, the belly laugh. I got to love it. And when I read this scripture, it, it feels like a belly laugh. I'm, I'm going to have so much Holy Spirit in me that it's going to pinch right here and the rivers of living water are just going to gush. They're just going to flow forward. <laughs> and what happens when we gush water? Have you ever tried to walk through a stream of moving water? Takes you out of the knees. It's the power of the Holy Ghost. Let it flow. Let it flow from right here. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Why? If we live a dry and powerless life, we have nothing to give. Nothing at all to give. We want to live in the overflow of the Holy Spirit, right? When, when, when we read the 23rd Psalm in the beginning of the services when I preach, we say the words, my cup runneth over. Not my cup is filled just right. Not my cup is half empty. Not even being optimistic and saying my cup is half full. No, my cup runneth over. Do you want your cup to run over? Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and the door will be opened unto you. Here's my question to you this morning. I guess maybe my challenge. A lot of the times I'd ask for heads bowed and eyes closed, but I think I want to do this a little bit differently this morning. Keep your heads up, keep your eyes open. If you are physically able to stand and you want to receive another dose of the Holy Ghost this morning, stand up. If you can't stand, arms. But if you're ready for a dose of the Holy Ghost, get on your feet. Repeat this after me. Father, a little bit louder. Father, I want it. I want a dose of your Holy Ghost. Infill me. Empower me to do your will. To walk in your ways. To be obedient. Just put your arms up just this way. Palms forward. Father God, right now in the mighty and holy name of Jesus impart your spirit upon these people let it rain lord god let maplewood christian church 
be a church known for obedience. Be a church known for the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, let us walk in the power of your manifestations. Let us walk in the power of the Holy Ghost day in and day out. Let us find you in every waking moment. Let us find you in every sleeping moment. Father, your word declares that out of their bellies shall flow rivers of living water. Hallelujah, Father. Let it pour. Let it rain. Let it flow. Give it unto these people, Lord God, now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Pour it out upon your children. Pour it out, Lord God. We give you praise. We give you honor. We give you glory, Lord. And ask you, Father, that in every single moment of every single day, that you would lead us into obedience to receive more. Pour it out, Lord God. Hallelujah. Fill this house like a mighty and rushing wind. Oh, yes. Bless your name, Father. Bless your name. Father, you've heard the cry of your children this morning. They said, I want it. <laughs> Praise to the giver of good things. Give it. Yes, Lord, give it. We give you thanks, glory, honor. And in the name of Jesus, all God's children said, I receive it. In the name of Jesus, all God's children said, I receive it. In the name of Jesus, all God's children said, I receive it. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. I'm going to invite the worship team forward. If you are standing in the presence of God, just continue to stand there.